I see something in you. You have great promise. You do have great potential. These are words and phrases that are often used by a coach or a teacher when they spot a gifted and talented young person. Unfortunately, many of us have not had the experience of having someone say these words to us. So we grow up thinking you have to be superhuman to be recognized and make a difference. We are labeled as average or mediocre. God is not an elitist. He does not single out superhuman characters as special. He sees promise in us, and he's in the business of helping us discover and live a lifestyle of promise. The book of Joshua is a personal story. It's the story of promise and great expectations that God has for us today. In order for us to realize a life of promise, we have to learn to live life with our backs to the past, knowing that God wants to interrupt your pain, God sees your potential, and God keeps his promise. Let's look at the text of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. I want you to notice, Moses is called the servant of the Lord. Joshua is called the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. The emphasis is on Moses and his superiority. Joshua is characterized by inferiority. While we don't know who the author of Joshua is, a lot of the internal and external evidence suggests it was Joshua himself. If this is the case, that sheds a lot of light on how Joshua sees himself. Joshua is living in the shadow of his family and in the shadow of a leader who saw God face to face. Two of the worst things that you and I can do, which makes it challenging for us to see ourselves as superior is to compare ourselves to others and to compete against others. In comparing yourself to somebody else, some will always be better and someone will always be worse. And when you compete against others, you shortchange yourself the opportunity to maximize and reach your fullest potential. Yet against this backdrop, God sees something in Joshua and by the same token, God sees something in you. You don't have to compare your life to somebody else. You don't have to compete against anybody else. God himself sees something in you. And there are three things that you must know to live life with your back to the past. Just like Joshua had to know it, there are things that you and I need to know in order to rise above mediocrity 
and begin living life with our back to the past. The first is that God wants to interrupt your pain. God wants to interrupt your pain. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. I want you to notice Joshua and the people had been weeping and mourning Moses' death for 30 days, according to Deuteronomy 34 verse 8. It takes 21 days to form a habit. But at the point of mourning 30 days, they are in a state of chronic and habitual weeping and mourning. God wants to interrupt your pain. And whenever God has moved jehovistically to bring about transformation, spiritual transformation in the lives of people, he has used 40 days to do it. Noah and the flood is an example. When God wanted to purge the earth of evil, he sent rain for 40 days and 40 nights. When the nation of Israel had been delivered from the land of Egypt, the house of bondage, making their way to the promised land, uh, Moses, while in the wilderness, spent 40 days receiving the commandments of God. When it was time to spy out the land, a land in which they would inhabit, live in houses that they did not build, drink from wells that they did not dig, and receive the benefits of living in the promised land, God sent out spies 40 days to see it. When Jesus began his earthly ministry at the age of about 30 years old, after being baptized in the Jordan, he spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the wilderness. Beloved, lingering, in grief or pain leads to lingering in the past. Lingering in the past leads to living in the past. And your past will either be a prison or a platform. If it's a prison, it will keep you bound. If it's a platform, it can catapult and launch you forward. Well, how do you know if your past is a prison or a platform. Well, your past is a prison if you're comparing your life to the past with the desire and an inclination to want to return to the good old days, or if you're trying to compete with the accomplishments of the past. God wants to interrupt your pain, those things that are either self-imposed or those things that we allow others to impose upon us that keep us stuck in the past and keep us from moving forward, God wants to interrupt your pain. That's not all he wants to do. The second thing that you need to know if you're going to live life with your back to the past is that God sees your potential. God sees your potential. I want you to notice again in Joshua chapter 1 
verse 2. He says, Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. I want you to notice, they are, they are going where they have never been before. They are going where no one else has been before, and they're going to become what they have never been before. In the process of, of moving forward and, and to the promised land, God sees the potential for them to inhabit it. Now, I want you to watch this. 40 years earlier, they didn't go because they were afraid when they saw the fruit a cluster of grapes carried by two men, when they saw that it was literally a land flowing with milk and honey, when the Anakim or giants were in the area, they're still there. There's still territory to be conquered, but yet God sees their potential. Jesus said the same thing using slightly different words as he began his ministry. In Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You cannot move forward in your potential if you are looking back. And God recognizes that for you to rise and go over this Jordan, you and this people, you have to see the potential and the, and the possibilities and the promise of what God has in front of you as opposed to staying where you are. Beloved, the reality of the matter for you and me is we will not change until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change. God sees your potential. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, his letter to the church at Philippi, in the third chapter, the 13th and 14th verse, he helps us to see this from a slightly different perspective. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In order to move forward, you have to forget and let go of what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. That's the only way the potential will ever be realized when you and I Take it upon ourselves that if we're going to be what we've never been, we've got to be willing to go what we've never gone, to do what we've never done, and be willing to do what no one else wants to do so that we can be all of what God intended us to be as his children. You want to rise above mediocrity? You want to rise above being just average? then you have to begin living life with your back to the past, knowing that God wants to interrupt your pain, knowing that God sees your potential, and then finally, knowing that God keeps 
his promises. God keeps his promises. I want you to notice again in Joshua chapter chapter 1 and, and 2. I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. He says, I want you to go into the land that I am giving to them. God had promised the land when he made a covenant with Abraham. He said, I'm going to give this land to your descendants as a perpetual gift forever. Interestingly enough, the boundaries, the territory geographically, if we were to categorize it using the United States, would be equivalent to the size of the state of Texas and South Carolina combined. What they actually took possession of was no more than about the size of the state of Vermont. Why is that? Well, because in order to fulfill the promises of God, it requires investment on your part and mine to possess what God is indeed given to us. God keeps his promises. It's 40 years late. Many people have died and missed it. We don't know how many opportunities we get to do over what God is promising to give us. But this we do know, that delay is not denial. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God find their yes in him. And that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. All the promises of God find their yes in him. Beloved, every now and then you ought to just go through the word of God and remind yourself of the promises that he has made. One of my favorites in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, for God himself has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, he won't cease to sustain and uphold you, and he will not, under no circumstances, abandon you in the midst of hostile circumstances. I like the promise in Isaiah, have you not heard, have you not known that the everlasting God never faints, but he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall fail, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Over and over and over and over in scripture, we see the promises of God. And when God makes a promise, nothing can cancel that promise. Sometimes I make a promise, but circumstances, situation will arise to alter that promise. I had every intention of following through, but something came up. But when God makes a promise, nothing can cancel that promise. I heard him say by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. All of the promises of God find their yes in him 
And that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. You can start this new year off right. You can have a fresh start. You don't have to make a resolution. You just need to make the commitment to begin life anew and begin life with new meaning by living with your back to the past. It's as simple as saying, I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Beloved, won't you make that decision today? May God bless you.